just yeah. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> awesome. I'm Pastor Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at the Bridge Goldsboro. I'm so excited you're here. What an awesome time of worship that the team led us in today. I'm telling you what, sometimes the songs, uh, when we see them on the screen, sometimes they're just words on a screen, but when they penetrate your heart, songs that talk about the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news and what he did, and if there's any believers in the room today that have heard this and it became more than just words on a screen, but it went somewhere down deep into your heart and made you want to celebrate, can you just give God a whoop whoop right now? Yes, he is, he's more than just words on a screen. And I'm, I'm so grateful for his life-giving message that, that we can be reminded of each week while we come in here together as a church. Uh, we, we have watched Laura that we saw in the bumper video. We've watched her grow a little bit in the last few weeks, haven't we? We, we watched her have questions about God and not really be sure about whether she even wanted to be what they call a Christian. We watched her cross that line of faith. Uh, we watched her kind of be uncomfortable in the beginning stages. And, and now we see her actually hosting a Bible study at her house. She has gone uh, kind of uh, a long way in her, in her Christian walk. And she's kind of walked through some of the stages. And she still has some questions. She still has some, hey, there are some things I see happening in this next stage that I really would like. But I guess it's part of the growing process to actually get there. My oldest son, he's just got into high school, and the, the big news around the house lately, or the big topic that he always wants to talk about is, I want to drive, Dad. I can't wait to drive. So help me, Jesus. I'll be accepting your prayers. Uh, but he talks about driving my car. He talks about driving other people's cars. Dad, what's going to happen if I, if I can get my car? Dad, am I going to be able to get a car? Now, he and I have worked out an agreement. It's the same agreement that my dad worked out with me, and it is if you do good in school, make good grades, and, and good is just you're doing your very best, and I know and you know that. You're staying out of trouble. I will, I'll pay for half of your car, and then you come up with the other half. Now, the, the, the thing is is that he has to have his half at the time of the purchase. We're not doing credit. We're not doing any of that. So, <laughs> um, so he worked a couple of summers already. He's almost 15. He's even saved several hundred dollars. I'm, I'm pretty proud of him. Uh, but he's 15. He comes to me the other day and says, Dad, I know what kind of car I want to get. You know, he's been looking. And I said, okay, what, what are you thinking about, bud? He says, I want a Mustang. <laughs> and I said, uh, so we just kind of sat there and looked at each other, like blank stares for a few awkward seconds. Uh, he said, I found one for 6000 bucks," And I sat there a little bit longer and looked at him. I'm going, I'm going you have several hundred saved up. I mean, this is ma simple math here. Um, he has faith like nobody's business, I'm telling you. Uh, nothing wrong with Mustangs, but I was thinking, you know, there's a big gap between what you actually have and what it's going to take uh, to get this thing. Do, you know what I'm finding to be true? And this is what I'm finding to be true. Teens, and, and agree with me here or not, teens want to do adult things, but they don't think about as much as the, the adult responsibility. They, they want to do adult things, but they don't really think about the specifics of what it's going to take to be able to do the adult things. I guess it's natural for teens to do this, but it's true. He wants a Mustang, but he's not necessarily thinking about what it's going to take to actually get it and be able to, to maintain it well. He's not thinking about the permanent job he's going to have to have, right? He's not thinking about the insurance that it's going to take to have a Mustang at 16 years old. Uh, he's not thinking about gas and all this kind of thing. He's willing to work, but he doesn't understand the sacrifice of having an adult blessing. Am I, am I speaking to you? That the perks of adulthood without thinking about the price to get there. And in our spiritual journey, whenever we're a teen in our spiritual walk with Christ uh, and we look ahead, it's easy to look in and want the things that spiritual adults have because they've come a long way, spiritual adults. They've gotten through a lot of things. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And it's easy to be in the teen stage 
and, and look forward at what the adults have in, in Christ, but not fully understand what it takes to get there. And that's why uh, being in the teen stage and that transition into the adult stage of your spiritual maturity, it can be one of the most challenging uh, transitions that there is. Uh, we're in this series, if you're new, called Journey of Life, and we're actually talking about the, the maturity and growing in your spiritual walk with Jesus. And we're talking about the different stages. We've identified five of them as we grow in our maturity, um, talking about the journey as we grow, knowing that the Bible says grow, right? That's not a suggestion. It's a command that the Bible gives us. We are to grow in our knowledge and in the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, it doesn't matter what stage you're currently in, just as long as you're growing. God cares not where you've been. He cares about the direction of your feet. He wants to know that we're walking forward in him. We're growing towards the next stage. Last week we talked about uh, the, the teen stage. This week we're talking about the adult stage. Um, if you think about natural human development, um, psychologists say that the adult stage is defined by either intimacy or isolation. Now, as, as human beings, we're wired to want close relationships. We're wired to want intimacy, but so often what happens is we become isolated as adults because uh, which one of those we get, intimacy or isolation as an adult, it depends on how well we grew through the teen stage. And so when we look back at, at teenagers, you know, they have insecurities, you know. Well, have we put those away or are we still dealing with those? Um, teens have hurts. Well, as adults, have we, have we grown and dealt with those hurts? Or are we still have empty places in our hearts, a God-shaped void that we hadn't let him fill, and now we're projecting that onto others? Is driving us towards isolation. Ha have selfish behaviors been addressed? All that affects how we are as adults, okay? If we grow through those well... Uh, meaning that we, we don't skip over issues, meaning that we don't put things under the rug, meaning that we, we talk through things that we need to talk through and invite God into things that we need to invite him into, then intimacy is available. Um, but what happens so often is that we do sweep some of that stuff under the rug, and then we, we're adults, and we want intimacy. We want these relationships. We want to, to be where we need to be, but the internal dysfunction, the stuff, right, it gets in the way. And so we fall back into patterns of isolation, and we do it over and over, like in a, in a cycle. Uh, just a quick example here. We don't let other people in in our lives. We don't let them in to see the real us when we know there's insecurities and hurts and maybe even secret addictions hiding there. That's just natural, okay? We, we don't do that. We keep everybody at arm's length because we don't want them to see that. That's what happens inside of us, and that's called isolation. Uh, last week, we talked about some of the things that happen in a spiritual teen, the, the, the stage of, of being a spiritual teen. And we understood that some of the spiritual teens, they struggle with authority. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast. Well, how well did you deal with that in your spiritual walk? When you're a spiritual teen in that stage, how, how well? How well did you address strongholds in your life? Because spiritual teens, we know that they're coming through uh, and dealing with strongholds that they brought when they first crossed that line of faith. Or how well are, are you dealing with them? How aware are you uh, not only about the needs around you, which is very prominent with teens, spiritual teens, they're, they're aware of needs, but how well are you becoming the type of person that actually says, hey, I want to help address some of these needs? Uh, going into the adult stage... Uh, depends entirely on your addressing the teen stage. You, you need to understand that. And the intimacy and isolation rule in natural adults, it applies to spiritual adults well, as well. Whenever you're struggling with authority as, as a spiritual teen, because as a spiritual teen, you've, you've learned some things about Christ. You're standing on your own two feet when it comes to the Word of God. And it's real easy to look at somebody further along, a spiritual mother, a father, a leader, a pastor, and say, you know, I don't need to do that. I can do it myself. 
And so that, it's a very, very natural struggle. Uh, but if you're still struggling with authority spiritually, then we don't build healthy relationships. What we end up doing is reverting and trying to depend on ourselves. And, and that's called isolation. It's not called, and not called intimacy. And intimacy and isolation cannot coexist. Can, can you begin to understand why the transition from a spiritual teen to a spiritual adult is very important? And why sometimes it can be challenging. And this is why a lot of people get stuck in the teen stage. Because it, it forces you, when you make that transition to the adult stage, it forces you to look at yourself in the mirror and actually deal with yourself. It's not, at that point, it's not just about being happy and coming to church. That's what happens in the infant stage. We cross the line of faith, and we're just excited. We're excited that God's forgiven us. We're excited that people are, I have new friends. I can become, be a part of a church body. It's more exciting. And then when you get to the teen stage, you begin, to, you begin to be aware of yourself. You begin to be aware that there's needs around you, but you're not necessarily sure how you fit. You're struggling with strongholds. You're trying to get through them. But going into that adult stage actually means you have to actually look at yourself and deal with it. And adults, they, they've done this. They've, they've faced their inner self despite the hurt, and they've let God heal them. But they also know, and this is where it's challenging, that in order to do that, it gets very uncomfortable. It does, because it actually means you have to go into your hurt and deal with it if it's there. It means you actually have to go into the ways of yourself that are used to doing things a certain way. Maybe it's because you're stubborn, or maybe it's because, let's just be honest, we're all born with a selfish nature. Some people let that drag out a little bit longer than it needs to. And it hurts to change that, because it means I have to lower myself. But when you lower yourself, God can be raised up in you. And that's when you actually begin to change. And sometimes that can be challenging. I would rephrase that all the time. That, that can be a challenge. And so we have to actually ask ourselves the question, am I willing to deal with me on the inside things that no one else would even know existed unless I told them? Because we're experts at putting on fronts. Somebody say amen. We, we are. We, we, just, we do it all the time. It's part of human nature. But going into the adult stage of our spiritual maturity, we, we ask ourselves the question, am I willing to deal with the things on the inside that nobody else would know existed if I never told them? And we got to be real with ourselves. Here, here's the good news about those hurts, about those pains, about those secret addictions that, that we want to deal with. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ died for us and rose from a grave. And when he did, he didn't, just, he didn't just become alive just to become alive. It represented life for you and me. And he came to give you that life, that power to overcome addiction, that power to overcome hurts in your life. Not just skip over them, but to actually deal with them and heal you. And, and that's the difference we need to understand. Because some of you may be thinking, well, what's that got to do with my hurt? Okay, Jesus became alive. He rose from the grave. And, and as Christians, sometimes that can just become cliche. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people who have died. Matter of fact, we're all going to die. And if Jesus never rose from the grave, he would be no different than anybody else who died. That's the one thing that makes Jesus different. Not just that he never sinned, but that he died. And then unlike anybody else, he rose from the grave and he's alive. And that liveliness, that demonstrates, that, that pours right into us. Christ said he calls us up to live with him. And he's not just talking about in heaven one day. He's talking about giving your life to him in such a way that you can overcome everything that happens in your life that is not healthy, that is not good, and so that you, you can actually say, I am alive with Christ. And when he said, I came to give you life, and that to the full, this is the life he's talking about, and it's because Jesus came and rose from the grave. And so that freeing life on the other side of this growth that's challenging, that freeing life that he wants to give you because of what he did for you, it, it is, the, it is the, the, the most freeing thing you could ever experience on this side of heaven. 
And, and if you're in that teen stage and you're trying to struggle into that adult stage, and maybe you're tempted to withdraw because it's just difficult and you don't want to deal with it, and I get it. I think everybody in the room gets that. Jesus calls you closer to him. And he says, I, 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 I don't just want to just be some voice in your life. I, I want to walk with you through this. It's not just about saying, yeah, I'm a spiritual adult. Big whoop. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And God has healed these places in my life. Let me tell you about them. Did you know that the, the most healed places in your life, those are the places where God can grow the biggest blessings in your life? So don't just think about getting over some broken things. I want you to think about some of the, the blessings that God is waiting to pour into your life in those places that he heals because you allow him to. Spiritual adults have done that. The sad news is, is that a lot of people get stuck there. They, they take a first step. Maybe they cross the line of faith. They, they grow a little bit. But they don't know anything about the life to the full that Jesus is talking about, that he, that he said, that he promised. And I don't want any of, of that to happen to us. So today, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the adult stage in your spiritual journey. And, and then I want to talk about the growth process to get there and give you some practical steps. So like we've done the last several weeks, I want us to look at uh, the characteristics of a natural adult. And then I want to parallel um, the, the, the spiritual side of that and what a, a spiritual adult looks like. So let's, let's look at the, the characteristics of a natural adult very quick. Um, natural adults, they overcome insecurities. Okay? The ways of, of thinking of old, the teen ways, the immature ways, they put them behind them. Uh, they're confident in who they are as, as an adult. Uh, they've overcome insecurities. They're productive. They're a contributor to society. They have jobs. They pay bills. They keep a home. They have goals. Um, natural adults, they're, they're productive. They're also, uh, they also have healthy relationships. As far as it is with them, they, they live in peace with everyone. Um, they have life-giving, close relationships. Now, I want to specify these are healthy natural adults, okay? Because there's a lot of adults that may be a certain age, but they haven't dealt with any of this stuff. And we all know who they are. Maybe I've been one of them at times. Uh, but a healthy, natural adult, they've overcome insecurities, they're productive in, in society and life, and they have healthy relationships. So let's compare that to a spiritual adult. Can we do that? All right, let's do it. So natural adults have overcome insecurities. Spiritual adults have broken major strongholds. They've broken major strongholds in their life. They're not perfect, but they've submitted themselves to God, and through God's power... And their willingness to, to let him walk with them, they've overcome huge battles of sin in their life. Things that were, were strongholds in their life when it comes to sin. Maybe addictions or maybe feeding something that they don't need to feed. Uh, maybe idolizing a hurt. Whatever it is, disobedience to God and what he's calling you to is called sin. And through God's strength and through God's power, spiritual adults have overcome this. Okay? Uh, there's many areas still to grow in, in their lives, but there's no battle in their lives going on as to whether or not they want to win. They, they are sold-out servants to Jesus Christ, and whatever the stronghold is, they have a commitment to let God help them through it. It's not like, boom, I make that commitment, and all of a sudden it's gone. I make that commitment, and then the next day I make it again when the temptation comes to go back again. And then the next day I make it again, and I'm bound and determined through God's strength and power, we're going to win this. I've made, that, I've made my mind up long ago. Does that make sense? All right, now, for the most of uh, the spiritual adults that, that I know, the battles they face aren't about good and bad, good versus bad. For spiritual adults, the battle is between good and best, okay? They've already won the major battles over sin, uh, but it's about asking, what are God's priorities for my life? And when we do that, and when we keep growing, God will continue to shape you, and that hurts. <laughs> it's, that's a struggle. 
Uh, it's challenging at times. And so the battle isn't about good and bad. It, for a spiritual adult, it's about good and, and best. Okay, let me, let me give you a little illustration. I was talking to a spiritual adult recently, and he was telling me about what God was doing in his life. And he said, I'm telling you, he said, it's just uncomfortable. And I said, okay. I said, what's happening? He said, well, I've been a Christian for a while now, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm a giver. God's blessed me. Um, and I really feel like God's asking me to give to this organization that helps underprivileged kids. I said, okay. He says, it's a great organization. He said, but I'm already tithing to the church. God's helped me to understand that. He's blessing me. I also give other times when the need arises. He said, but this is stretching me. I, I mean, he said, I'm actually going to have to jump out in faith and do what I feel like he's calling me to do. And, you know, being me, I just kind of asked him, I said, well, do you feel like you already do enough? And he said, that sounds like a trick question. <laughs> I said, okay, it's fair. I said, let me say it like this. Do you believe this is what God is asking you to do? And he sat there, and, and hit the next words out of his mouth, I think, is what mattered most to God. And this is what he said. He said, I do believe that. He said, you know, it's never been about the money for me. He said, I just want to follow God. And if that's my next step, then I'm all in. And I know that God is going to take care of me. And that's how spiritual adults think. They're not battling over substance abuse. They abuse all the substances they want. None. Okay? It's not about whether or not they're going to cheat on their taxes. Their battle isn't typically over good and bad. It's over good and best. They've overcome those major strongholds in their life, and they're leaning into God to let him continue to shape them. And it just hurts. It always feels uncomfortable because it always challenges your flesh. And as long as you're here on earth, you're going to be something called a human, <laughs> and you're not going to be fully in the spirit of, of, of God. You're going to have a human side of you that counters what it is that God's trying to do in your life. The Bible says they're actually at war with each other. Uh, but spiritual adults aren't worrying over whether they're going to sin or not. Spiritual adults are just trying to keep putting down that flesh and let God keep shaping them over things that are good and over things that are actually better for them. Uh, they're not perfect. They're capable of sin. You need to understand that. Um, again, human beings are capable of sin. Let me just blow your mind for a minute. Jesus was capable of sin. That's what makes what he did for us so miraculous. He lived a sinless life. The word says he was tempted in every way just like we are, yet did not sin. So spiritual adults, they're still capable of sin, but with God's help, they've put the sin behind them. They've put that lifestyle behind them. Spiritual adults have overcome major strongholds. You with me? Yeah. All right. They've also done this. They've discovered their niche, and they're serving. Natural adults, they're productive. Spiritual adults are also productive in the kingdom of God. They understand what the Bible says about serving one another. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, this is what it says. That each of you, say each of you. That's all of us. We've received a spiritual gift. It says God has shown you his grace in giving you different gifts. So by the grace of God that we have talents and abilities and able to do stuff. He says you're like servants who are responsible for using God's gift. You know what that means? It means it's not yours. God's entrusted it to you. And you're, you're basically a good manager of the talents that God has put into your life. He said so be good servants and use your gifts to serve each other. He says the whole purpose of God giving you talents and abilities uh, and what he calls gifts, and, and then he puts us all together as a church, and he says the whole purpose of that is for you to serve each other. Now, in the teen stage, we're, we're, being a, we're becoming aware of needs around us, but we want somebody else to do it. <laughs> in the infant stage, we're just completely self-absorbed. Teen stage, we, we're still thinking about ourselves, but we're becoming aware. How do I fit in? I've got questions. Uh, and they want somebody else to do it. But in the adult stage, we, we see those needs differently. We say, i, I got to do something. I, I discover my niche, I already, and I serve it. I, I know what I want to do. 
Um, Isaiah chapter 6 describes the time when God called him. He was a prophet, and God put a calling on his life. Uh, he was humbled by the call. He was, you know, he felt unworthy, but his answer was this. Here I am, God, send me. Here I am, send me. And that's the actual answer that spiritual adults give. It doesn't mean they're not afraid when, when they feel like they need to help serve, serve a need. It doesn't mean uh, that, they're, that they feel worthy all the time. But what it means is that they don't let that stop them from doing what God has called them to do. And they understand what their niche is. They've already sought it out, and they own it. There's a lot of people that see needs, and they're even heartbroken over needs, but their, their response to God isn't, here I am, send me. Their response is, Lord, he's, here's a need, send someone. Lord, here's a need, send someone. Here's a need, Lord, send somebody else. I'm not capable. Send someone, I, I don't know how to do that, or I'm not worthy, or I don't have my life together yet. Spiritual adults, when, when they're in that stage, they're either going to do something about the need or they're going to do something else, and that's called pray. And they're going to feel burdened over that, and they're going to do one of those two things, but they can't walk away. They can't ignore it. And so it, it drives them to ask the question in their own lives and in their own journey, what am I good at? God, what is my niche? What are my giftings? What are my talents? God, what's my purpose? That they got to know because they can't sit back and do nothing. Um, and then when they see needs around them, they look up, and they want to know ways they can help. And they, they kind of do life with the radar up. Years ago, I, I, I was at a church, and a guy came to fix the Internet. And I was there by myself that day. And, and normally when, when somebody comes to do work like that, you know, you show them where the problem is or whatnot, and then you get them straight, and then you go back to the office, and then they do their job, and you may sign some things when you're done. Um, and so I showed them where the room was, where all the controls were for the Internet, and, and the Holy Spirit, I mean, plain as day, said, stay here with him. And I'm like, okay. And so I sat there, and I was like, what am I going to do, hold his ladder for him? I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so he goes up the ladder, and I'm just standing there. I'm not moving. I'm like, this is going to be really embarrassing when he turns around and realizes I'm still standing here staring at him, you know, from the ladder. And um, it, it wasn't awkward. We, we begin talking. Uh, he starts asking questions about the church. And I realized after a minute that this guy wasn't a Christian. No worries. I, my goal wasn't to try to convert him. Honestly, I didn't know what the conversation was going to be like. Uh, I just knew I was supposed to stay there. And so did the job, spent about 20 minutes there, uh, finished up with, with all that. And then we went outside, and he's getting into his truck, and he looks at me, and he says, you know, he said, I, I know that I need to get my life straight, and I've been knowing for a long time that I'm supposed to include God in it. And I'm like, bam, there's the door. That's why God wanted me to stay here. And I said, well, I said, well can I pray for you? He said, yeah. And so we prayed right there in the parking lot next to his service truck. And we get done praying, and, and he says, you know, he said, I'm not even supposed to be here. He said, I'm actually from out of state. He said, the company flew me in just this week uh, to try to help fix some needs because they were behind and needed more workers. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a divine appointment that God had and he knew long ago. And he's quickened my spirit just by saying one thing. I want you to stay here with him. <laughs> he didn't give me all the answers. I didn't know what the, the whole purpose was. Uh, there's nothing crazy difficult about it, but I, I listened and waited with my radar up for God to speak into my life, and it's, it's a lifestyle. Now, that's my niche. I love to talk to people, um, probably too much sometimes, but that's, God knows that, and he knows I'm willing. That might not be your niche, and that's okay, but I want you to know you have one. You have a niche. You have something you can do to serve in God's kingdom. Um, and, and my challenge to you as you're moving through the stages of spiritual maturity is to find out what that is. Find out what it is. You don't have to be, I'll just say this, you don't have to be a spiritual adult to serve, but spiritual adults have already found their niche and they serve. You ever been in high school and start taking college classes, so by the time you're there, you're already kind of caught up on that? 
Well, if you're in a stage before that, find your niche and serve now. It's like a prereq almost. I mean, you'll already be that far ahead. But by the time you get to, to be a spiritual adult, uh, I'm just going to tell you, one of the characteristics is they found their niche, and they're serving in the kingdom of God. Um, so I'll just tell you, right now there are places in the Bridge Church right here at Goldsboro that you can serve. Now, you may not know what, you, what you're good at. You may not know what those are. Let us help you. Let us help you find that. There's a Connect card in front of you. You heard Cassie talk about uh, the, the Connect card that we have on our app now. It's digital. Just check the box. I'm, I'm interested in serving, and we'll get back with you. We'll, we'll help you. Um, it may not be here. You may want to serve somewhere else or do something else in the kingdom of God. We're not naive enough to think that, that the, the kingdom of God is just right here. We're not, we're not going to hold you like that. But the local church is a very good place to start, and we give you opportunities to do that. So if, if you don't know where you fit or you're, you're wanting to, to seek further advice, let us help you. But spiritual adults, they've broken through major strongholds. They've found their niche, and they're, and they're serving in, the, in God's family. Uh, and they've also done this. They're maintaining healthy relationships in God's family. They understand that when they accept Christ, uh, that they don't not only get a heavenly father, but they also get brothers and sisters. They, they, they have this, this God family with God being our father, and we're all brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says that, So in Christ, in him, because of what he did for us, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Um, there are people that I know that will scout out a home church before they even move to the community because they want to know that where they put their house is going to be a place that is close enough to the church that they can be in relationships with the people there. Uh, is it because they're, they're psychos? No. Some people would say that, but I'm just here to tell you that these are very smart individuals that are growing in the Spirit of God that understand the value of relationships within God's family. That They understand that healthy relationships in the family of God is vital, not only to your spiritual journey, but sometimes meets very practical needs, which is also a very spiritual thing. Hopefully you'll come to understand that. Um, but they understand the value of being close and being in relationship uh, and having healthy relationships in the family of God. Psychologists will, will tell you that there are three broad levels of relationships. There are, there are acquaintances, there are companions, and there are friends. And, and just very quickly, acquaintances are people that you kind of just see, and you may not see them for a long time. Hey, how you doing? I hope you're good. You, know, you, got, you can have hundreds of acquaintances in your life. Then there's companions. And those are the people that you have some common interest with. Those are the people that, you know, you open up to a little. You may share some surface, surface topics about your life. But, you, you know, you're not going to get any deeper than that. Um, and if you think about the, the, the church world, those are maybe like the serve teams. You're not just here at the service where you have lots of acquaintances. But maybe now you, you started to serve and you started to get to know people a little bit better. Um, and then there's friends. And friends, you can only have ten in your life. In fact, friends are those people who you can connect with, who you can open up to, who you can divulge all of your junk to, and they don't judge you. You have history with them. These are people who, who can understand what you're struggling with and surround you. And they can share what they're struggling with, and you can surround them. You're blessed if you have one in your lifetime. You, you are. 